Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Something about coming together, together as a body to worship him. Amen. So I was just thinking about this year, right? March is upon us. March is here. And just thinking about our theme of this year and what we covered in healthy church, healthy church, healthiness, wholeness, healing. And I was thinking about the, the series that we've been doing um, about uh, Pastor G has uh, beautifully brought us to restoration, restore, and what that means in worship. And, and, and sometimes we think restoration has to come a certain way, but it comes in unexpected ways sometimes. And I was blessed last week when Leona closed that series. And oh my God, did she close it? Did she close it? Just really realizing who we are in Christ is crucial to everything that we do. And so this year, I've been meditating. I've been doing the Pastor Steve's, you know, uh, regimen about studying the Old Testament and staying in the Gospels. But I was just thinking about, Lord, what do I want to do for the new year? I was thinking about um, in December, I began to think about the next year. And so I was just thinking about peace, peace. I was like, peace. I want a lofty goal. You know, I want to build something. I want to do something. And peace came to me. Peace. You know, because many times people can have success. They can do things. They can achieve things. But there's no peace. There's no peace. There's something prosperous about a person who can maintain their peace in the midst of trials, in the midst of betrayals, in the midst of storms. Because I don't know if you're like me. I have a hard time letting things go. I'm, I'm real petty when it comes to certain things, right? Some areas you can, I'm not easily offended. I'm like, oh, they did something? Oh, I, I'm, I'm easy going. But in those certain areas, I have a hard time letting things go. Can I be petty sometimes? I can remember what you said about my mother 13 years ago. Don't talk about my mother. You could talk about anything, but talking about my mother, I mean, I'm just like, you want to eat dinner? Well, you're talking call your mother, you know? (laughs) But we all can be like that. We have a hard time letting things go, letting things go, the good, the bad, and even the successes. You know, when you get around people, they talk about what happened 10 years ago. Praise God. Be thankful for it, but it's time to let it go. Amen. And so I began to think about just um, our anchor scripture for this series that, um, that Pastor G had laid for us. It's Philippians 3.13. And it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. And I love that because we think of achievements. We got to, you know, we don't want to hold on to them. But even past sins, how many of us are tormented by mistakes that we made? 
Amen? We're, we're tormented, and the enemy uses that to keep us back. And I'm not saying that we don't acknowledge and we don't feel and we don't grieve what we've been through, but with all due respect, we got to let some things go. We have to let some things go. If you want to fulfill the call of God on your life, it requires constantly shedding off things. You know, we talk about transition a lot, but we talk about when we move into the next thing, it's so easy to kind of hold on to the past. Can I talk about black history? It's, it's March 1st. Can I, can I mention a fact about But I think of, I was reading Harriet Tubman, and she was amazing. She was like a woman of God, but she carried a gun. You know, and, I, and, I, and, 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 and she quoting scriptures, but I'm like, she was packing. I mean, so like, and, and, and at first I thought, well, she's carrying a gun. She's saving, you know, slaves, you know, people in bondage. And that made sense. But in my studies of her carrying a gun, it was more for the people who were enslaved. It, it was for them because think about when the, the Jewish people, when they were leaving Egypt, there is something that happens when you see success, when you see the things that can come, can come to pass. We can sometimes get afraid. We get afraid and then we think onions taste better, right? I'll go back to Egypt. And so when I was reading about it with Harriet Tubman, she would take out her pistol on the, these people. She's like, we're not going back, okay? Because you're putting me at risk. I told you on the plantation what this will be like, and we can't go back. So these people were, were, were beautiful people, but they were afraid, right? You're leaving the swamps of Germ the Georgia. You're headed to South Carolina. You get to Maryland. We, we, we kind of forget what that trek was really like, swamps. And, and then they have the Fugitive Slave Act, which paid people to capture them, to bring them back home. So people who care whether slavery happened or not, they just want to pay that. So I could understand the fear, but you have to make up in your mind that you want greater, that you will not allow the enemy to use your past sins, your past betrayals. Betrayals hurt, don't they? And it's so easy to relive the losses, to relive what they say. Sometimes when you meditate, you just want to realize you're talking about it and you're thinking, well, maybe they meant that, or maybe they meant, and then it becomes big. I preached on magnifying. What you magnify will become the big thing. And so I begin to think about moving forward, moving forward, the King James, the King David series. And I love the fact that King David was a perfect example of letting go. He was a man who was flawed. He was a man who accomplished much. And he's a man who did some things. But before I get into that, I want to just really anchor you in this one truth. Despite his challenges and his sins, King David teaches us to be grateful for undeserved mercies. He moved forward from his challenges to live a life of worship. He moved forward and the gasoline to that moving forward was worship. Yeah. 
It was thankfulness because when you keep your mind stayed on him, you will have perfect peace. Amen. And so I love just reading the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is beautiful. It's a poetry book and it's, it's, it's almost like a diary or a journal entry, not focusing so much on what is meant, but what is felt. We are to feel the, 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 the offenses. We are to feel the griefs. We are to feel it. We, are, we need to acknowledge it. But at some point, David had a kingdom to run. Amen? David had to accept the mercies. David had to worship and magnify the Lord to keep him fueled up for torment, from being tormented from the Lord. And we're going to talk about that. And before I do that, I want to just give you a brief synopsis. This is not a a book report on David, but I know many of us have different backgrounds. And I just want to share up some things. The name David means one who is beloved. I love it. He was so much was written about him. I think 66 uh, chapters, um, more more than any other biblical uh, character in the Bible. And He was born the eighth and youngest son of Jesse, and he was born in uh, Bethlehem. He was a great-grandson to Ruth. I love Ruth and Boaz, making him an ancestor of Christ. So I just want us to get some things established. At a young age, he tended sheep, and that was a job that was relegated to like certain people, if you know what I mean, and, and, and just less esteemed people for, you know, family members or servants. And, but David lived in complete obscurity. And this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is king preparation. And, and so I love this quote. I, I found it from Chuck Swindoll. It said, men and women of God, servant leaders in the making, are first unknown, unseen, unappreciated and applauded. And the relentless demands of obscurity, character is built. Strange as it may seem, those who first accept the silence of obscurity are best qualified to handle the applause of popularity. The applause of popularity. And so the prophet Samuel, He makes a special trip to Bethlehem because he is looking to anoint the next king of Israel. God chose David to replace Saul. You know, Saul really turned away from the things of God. And and so someday um, he he went to him. And a few years later, after Saul anointed him, David fights. And we all know the well-known Sunday school story of David and Goliath. Um, He was a Philistine living in Gath. But David's focus was his basic faith and and that he understood and concluded that God would save him. He believed and he stayed focused on who God was versus who Goliath was. Amen. And so their focus, when I thought about just that whole story that most of us know about David and Goliath, their focus was on how strong Goliath was, how mighty he was. But we have to realize what we meditate on and what we focus on is the key to living a peaceful life. Amen. So I want you not only to be successful in life, I want you to reach your goals of 2020, but I want you to have peace 
while you're doing it. Amen? I want you to have the fruit of peace as you operate in your gifts. Amen? And so I just really, really love what he says um, in 1 Samuel 26, 23 to 25. I want you to turn to me, turn to this uh, scripture. But before David was king, before David was king, he honored God. He honored God by trusting his timing. That's hard to do in this society. How do we trust God with the timing? How do we trust God when we see things that are for us on the horizon, but we're living in the current reality of trials, tribulations, sickness, broken relationships? How do we do that? We have to keep our minds stayed on him. And so he honored God twice and honored the prophet of the king Saul twice by abstaining from killing him because he didn't want to push the agenda of God. See, he wanted to be king, but he wanted peace more than he wanted to be king. Amen. And so sometimes we get ahead of God. We don't plan. We plan without God. And then we want God to bless us on the back end. And so we get out of rhythm, rhythm with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And so it says here in 1 Samuel 26, 23 to 25, may the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, may you be blessed, my son, David, you shall both do great things and still prevail. And prevail he did. David was an awesome man, but he had another side. How many of us have other sides? <laughs> Amen. He had another side. Although he was great, he was a type of Christ. Amen. He was anointed to be king, but he, he made some mistakes. He sinned. Amen. Anybody sinned before? But, but sometimes I look at that, 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 that versage, that verse on David, and it's, it's kind of easy to get judgmental. It's like, okay, he, 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 he didn't go to war. Okay. He's looking at someone take a shower. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. There's grace. And then he has an affair with her. Oh my goodness. That's devastating. It's, it's a sin. All right. Here, now we're talking. But then he doesn't stop there. He kills the husband, you know, inadvertently. And so he was a man who had much to be concerned about, much to be guilty about. And when he says in the book of Psalms that he is grateful for salvation and forgiveness, he means that. I know sometimes when, you know, they're, they're, I grew up in the church and sometimes the people who were born saved, you know, those people and, 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 and they were born saved and, and they never did anything bad. And, and then there were all the wayward kids and, 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 and they were out there. You knew it. I was kind of in the middle. I played around, you know, I still was going to church. I was still going to school, but I like to play around. But it was very interesting how we can be so judgmental. 
We are our worst critics. People are our worst critics. Sometimes we say, come to church, connect, get a mentor, but people are judgmental. We are very, I am very judgmental at times. And it's only in that place, that place of worship and fellowship that you talk about with Christ that I'm able to have that love for people. And and so this is so fascinating um, to look at what David did to maintain his peace, to let things go, to move forward. He came clean to a trusted friend. He came clean when Nathan challenged him about his sin. So many of us are in such denial about the sin in our lives. There's forgiveness. He already, he already obtained forgiveness for us at the cross. Amen. And so sometimes we waste time and we give up our peace because we're afraid to confess our sins to a trusted friend, to get help, to get accountability. It's not the fact that you sin. It's the fact that you keep sinning and you keep isolating and you refuse to let the body build you up because we're all in this together. Amen. Amen. So the prophet Nathan visited King David and told him of the Lord's disapproval and displeasure with David. Even though David repented, um, of his sins, Nathan told David that, ba- that his son that he had with Bathsheba will die. There's consequences to our sins. This hyper-grace movement makes us think that we can do anything that we want, and there's no consequences. Of course there's mercy. I'm not judging anybody's life, but there's consequences. Sometimes that we still pay for, amen, even though we're forgiven, even though we're restored. Sometimes there's those Ishmaels that are still in our house, <laughs> amen. And, 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 and so, but God is so great. He lived a life that was mixed with both good sides and bad sides. He was dealing with a lot of guilt from murder, from adultery. And dealing with the loss of a child, I heard, is one of the most painful things you can experience. So he has all this stuff, all this stuff, and he has all this good stuff. He has the victories from, from battle. He has what he did to, you know, to, to, to Bathsheba and, and destroying that marriage and murder. He, he has all this stuff, good and bad, but he had to let it go. He had to let it go. And many times people don't fulfill the call in their lives, not because they're horrible people, but because they don't let it go. They're still talking about what they did. I got 70-year-olds who sit on my couch who still talk about what happened to them at seven. And there's nothing wrong with that if they come and get healing and move on. But sometimes you want to nurse the offense. And you can't move forward nursing offenses and nursing who hurt you and counting how many things you've lost in the name of Jesus. You cannot do that if you are going to move forward. Moving forward requires you to be light. It requires you to be um, anticipating the new things. It requires a lifestyle of worship. Amen. And so the book of Psalms. It's so beautiful, and I want us to park here at Psalm 103. I want to unpack this verse, this whole chapter, because I I think it speaks to the essence of of, of David's worship. Because sometimes we read it, and it's so poetic, and we sing the songs, but we don't really unpack what he's been through and why he's saying it and what 
grace and what hope that he is expressing when he does it. So it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Sometimes we need to forget, we need to forget the things of the past, but we need to focus on his benefits. We have to focus on what God has promised, what he is doing in us, instead of nursing what they said, what they did what they took. Sometimes you have to bless the Lord and you have to bless the offenders so you can be free. Amen. Sometimes you have to bless them so you can be free. And so this is a difference between prosperous, peaceful people who are successful and people who are successful but lack peace. Lack peace. And so he heals, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. God could have took his life, David's <coughs> life. He took his son's life. I don't know why he did it, but, he, but that's what he did. Who crowns your loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. When he says that the Lord is merciful and gracious, he means that the Lord is merciful and gracious. You know how some people say something to you in a perfunctory way, you know, um, and and, and I worked in an office one time and it wasn't a friendly office in Connecticut, but I knew that when someone said hello, they really meant it. It wasn't like just, hey, good morning, you're blessed, how you doing? It was like, how are you? Sometimes it was too intense. I was like, I'm fine, why are you looking at me? It was very intense. I didn't know if it was a, a greeting or, or a challenge, but it, there it was. It, it meant something when he said he is merciful. He, he, God didn't have to allow him to remain king, but he did. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. How many of you have a situation where you know that God was gracious to you? He covered you. If it came out what you have done or what you were thinking, if, if, if God was to expose certain things, you would not be here. Amen. And, and God just has a way of covering us. Usually when you see something, somebody's coming up or somebody's sin is being exposed, it's because God. Don't, don't, don't mistake. God is always trying to get our attention. Right. But we deny and we go forth and, and we have some fruits of success. So we think we're good. We, we think God's co-signing it. We think God has turned a blind eye. But David talks about in his Psalms how his sin not only destroyed his conscience, but it destroyed his physical body. Sin affects body, soul, and spirit. It affects your conscience. Oh, my goodness. And so I love the worship. I love when he says thanksgiving. He had to focus on God. He wasn't being over spiritual. 
He needed to keep his mind <laughs> stayed on him because he wanted perfect peace. And I love this. It says in 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. That's only if you fear him. That is only if you fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments and do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all you, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. And lastly, bless the Lord, all his works and all his places of dominion. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. When you, when you look at it in the context of what he's been through, it takes on a different meaning. It takes on a different meaning. So let's first follow David's train of thought with this. He was talking about, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and not to forget his benefits, not to forget who he is. You see, the enemy loves to remind you as an accuser of what you did. Or, or he likes to remind you of what wrong was done to you. And so at that time, we must challenge our thoughts. We must replace our thoughts with the word of God. Let me meditate on his benefits. What does the Lord say about my situation? What does he say about forgiveness? Because the enemy knows that if he keeps us in this place where we're reliving, in our dreams, where we're living the past, then he has us. We'll be great Christians, but we'll never reach the levels that we should. Amen? And so I love, I love what he's saying here. I, I, I like David because he was a man that was a man after God's own heart. And I thought about what that really meant. He was after God's heart. And he was a man that was constantly pursuing God when he sinned. And so the biggest thing that I see in 2020 in this time is disconnection. We are a disconnected community of people as a whole. We are so disconnected. And so the enemy likes to move when he sees us over here and, and doing our own thing and we're, we're licking our wounds. I'm not talking about a season of consecration and getting along with God. I'm talking when we say, I don't trust people. I, 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 you don't know what I've been through. Right. It still hurts. But if you're in an environment of worship, if you can lift your hands and say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul and all that is within me, all that is within me, my body, my soul, my spirit, my mind, my motivations, Lord, creating me a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within me. Lord, I don't know why I think these thoughts. I don't know why I do the things that I do. But I ask you to create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. It's something about when you're worshiping and we're worshiping about with imperfect people. And we all have a struggle. 
And we all have a story. We all have a success. And we just gather strength. I get strength when I see Pastor Leona just praising God. Because when I get distracted and I think about something and then I see her bless the Lord and it just encourages me. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. And then when I, I, I walk into church and I'm thinking about all the things I didn't get to do this week. And then I see somebody and Megan goes, oh, my goodness, Pastor Yolanda, gives me this huge hug. And then it gets me to be present. It get, I'm present again. We need each other. We need each other to keep our minds stayed on him. Church is a reminder. I'm reminded. I'm reminded of what God has done for me when I see people, when I see people praising God. I'm reminded of the marriages that were restored when I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm reminding that God's a healer when I see that somebody is healed. I'm reminded that even though I may be struggling financially, God blessed my sister with a promotion. And so therefore, he's going to bless me because I'm in the family of God. I'm in the family of God. So my prayer for you today, my prayer for you today is what do you need to let go? Is it a success? You still talking about the glory days of ninth or eight? Of what, what project you did at work five years ago? What does God want to do right now? What is he saying? You're not washed up. Don't believe the enemy. Don't believe the enemy which says that you're not as big or as, as, as mighty as God says you are. Because you committed a sin, you, you, you have, you're sick, you're struggling in your body. So when you nurse those thoughts, you stop momentum. That's right. So it's something about moving. When you're moving, you're just saying, okay, I did, I acknowledge it, I feel it, but it's time to move on. It's time to move on. It's time to move on because the enemy is cunning. And his name, Satan, it means the accuser. So that means he has years of experience of accusing. And the accusations are not not always, you're horrible, you're this. It's like, "Mm, do you think God's going to do all that? You know your situation. Well, you should be grateful for this. He comes in subtle ways, and he comes against the word of God. So how do we fortify ourselves? We fortify ourselves with a lifestyle of worship. We fortify ourselves with replacing our negative thoughts about what God is going to do for our future with the word of God, remembering the prophecies. Some of you need to get your journal out and say, God, you said in 1999 that I would be the head and not the tail, that I would be a wonderful business person, that I will have a healthy marriage. You said it. And God wants, because what happens when we're isolated, we're not engaged. We think that we're just isolating from people, but we're not actually engaging with God because you can't engage with God if you don't love God's people. That's the biggest deception. That's the biggest deception I think that's around in the church, that I can sort of just apprehend the benefits of God but not live a lifestyle of worship, not live a lifestyle. And I didn't say perfect because David was far from it, but live a lifestyle that says, here I am again. I sh- I'm struggling. I need you, Lord. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. I need you. And so we're not engaged. We're here, 
but we're not engaged. And so I challenge you that you cannot resist the devil if you don't have the word of God in you and if you don't have a worship on your lips because he is experienced. I'm not highlighting him. I'm just giving you tools. You have to put the word in your your heart during the strong seasons, during the seasons that you feel great, because it's hard to get the word in you when you're struggling. Amen. Sometimes I have to get people to pray for me in those dark times, because sometimes I don't even know what to pray for myself. So it's really important that during the times where you feel the strongest to really, really Get the word of God in you and to sing the scriptures. I love what Caitlin says about this morning. She talked about, you know, this was great worship, but could we do it every morning? It doesn't have to be 30 minutes, but can we bless the Lord? Can we walk through our house and just say, Lord, I thank you for this house. I thank you, Lord, for my home. I thank you, Lord, for heat. I thank you, Lord, for a savings account. It may have $5 in it, but I thank you, Lord, for, for that savings account. I thank you, Lord, for healthy children, even though the relationship may not be what, what, what it needs to be. But I thank you, Lord, for healthy children. I thank you, Lord, that I'm able to walk. How about that? I thank you, Lord, for running water in my house. See, when you focus on the things, the benefits of life, you know, and, 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 and not focus on the losses and the pain, you're able to be happy in the Lord, in the Lord, joy of the Lord. And so I was thinking about David in a sense that he had to let go of what other people think. He had to let go because you know there were some accusers. People do not forget, but we're called to forget those things behind. And when we forget those things behind that are behind, people know that it doesn't sting us anymore. And so he let go of what people think, what people thought. He danced foolishly in worship before the Lord. He loved the law of God. No matter what was going on, he united the, the, the tribes of, 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 of Israel. He did such a good work, but there's a backstory besides running off the list of his accomplishments. There's a backstory of a man who constantly worshiped God, constantly had a heart after God, not because he was holy, because he was forgiven. And he was aware of how forgiven he was. He was aware of the mercies that came through in his life. So moving (laughs) forward, how do we move forward? And I I want you to get this. In closing, I want you to get this. Peace has to flow in your mind. It has to flow in, in, in your body and your spirit. See, some of us, I know I could speak for my own self, a testimony, You can really grow in the things of the spirit, but not let it affect your body. Not let it affect your thought life. You know, we're so segmented. You know, not only do we isolate from the larger community of God, but we have a way of isolating our inner parts. You know, okay, so I'm just focused on the spiritual things, but I'm not talking to my neighbor. What? There's a disconnect there. Integration of all your parts. David was a complex man. Integration. Yes, I'm flawed. Yes, I've sinned. Yes, I've committed adultery. I committed murder. But I'm here, Lord. 
and I'm pursuing you. And you gave me this kingdom to run. And I need you to do it through me. And I just worship you and I love you and I adore you. And every day I'm going to tell you because my accusers are many. David dealt, and he was a man who dealt with so many consequences of, his, of the decisions that he made. With his son Absalom, I mean, he had a rough family situation. Talk about poor boundaries, right? And I, but I say that because I hear this constantly. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what's in my house. You don't know what I'm contending with. David was a mess. He was a king. He was led. He was anointed. That's why we revere and respect his life. But he had this undercurrent of things he had to contend with, a lot like the lives we live with. People are people. We change because of the times and the culture, but people, in essence, are people. Relationships are relationships. So if you have a hard time keeping friends, you're probably having a hard time in your marriage too. So God wants us to say, come clean. What do you need to let go of? Is it a success? Is it a failure? Are you dreaming about it? Are you reliving it in your mind? You, you could be doing wonderful things in the Lord and then you have a flashback to some conversation three years ago. That's the enemy. That means you need to process it and let it go. Stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.